This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, is it instinct or an excuse? Plus, Biz is trying to be okay with it. Teresa gets help, and we welcome back Dr. Carla Nomberg to help us stop losing our shit. Woo! Just put it right in the title. Just, it's going to be that show. Yeah. Stop losing our shit. Yep. Speaking of losing our shit, how are you, Teresa? I am doing pretty well. Good. I wanted to acknowledge Mm. something. Oh. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready to. Okay. Be acknowledged. I mean, that sounded weird. I'll acknowledge you too. Biz, Thanks. can we just start off the show by saying, Biz, I acknowledge you. You're doing a good job. I am present. Okay. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I hired a part-time babysitter to help with some driving Oof. with my kids and some evening or late afternoon stuff. Yeah. And I I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Sure. And about sharing it on the show. Yeah. And I realized that by not talking about it on the show, I was kind of being dishonest mm. about what was going on in my life. Because right. I feel like due to our ability to have this person help with stuff, and some of it was like physically... Two kids had to go to appointments and get picked up at the same time. There was no, like, I needed another person. Right. But also, I'm, like, I'm looking for, like, up ahead towards November when Jesse's going to be on tour for three weeks. And I'm thinking, like, how's this all going to go? You know what I mean? And just the... Just yeah. the stuff. We've, we made a decision and yes. we had the ability to do it. And so we hired this person and she's part-time and it wasn't our plan, but that's what we're doing. And guess what? It makes a huge fucking difference. Yeah. Huge. I mean, really huge because it's also like, you know, if she gets there early or someone's not there or whatever, right. she can like fold some laundry or yeah. clear the dishwasher yeah. or whatever. And it's actually... Not even that much time, but such a huge impact on my life. Yeah. That I just wanted, like, I just wanted to say it. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm proud or special that I can do this. And a lot, like, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I it's not a genius moment. No. But at the same, and I know lots of people can't do it, but like, that's kind of what has me riled up about it a little yeah. bit because I'm like, here I am. This person who, like, my husband and I have our own business. I have a pretty flexible schedule. I have a lot of things on my plate just at home. Just who my family is, I have a lot of things on my plate. Right. But I was drowning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was drowning. And so this is, like, something that is actually making my life pretty functional right now. I think this is great. It is great. And I'm going to say to you what I would say to anybody uh, listening to the show if they called in with something like this. Okay. You don't need to qualify this. Uh You needed this. Yeah. You needed this. We have all been listening to your life. (laughs) Oh, true. For six years. Good point. I don't need to justify it to you guys. You have three children that require a great deal. Yeah. And 
Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of this, you know, school year, when you started talking about all the different like, yeah. appointments, as well as they're going to three different schools. Yeah. That's impossible. Yeah. You got that's like that involves you're either paying for after school care. Yeah. Or you're paying for somebody to help you pick up your kids. Right. Right. And I think it's great. And I think, yeah, yeah. We I mean, it's great. And I'm so glad that it's working. Yeah. And I totally understand the mixed feeling thing because yeah. like I it touches on that nerve of I should be able to do it all. Yes. I should be able to do this. All. I should. Or yeah. I should be living somewhere where I've yeah. got a million family members yeah. and we're all like working together. Yeah. Or if I can't just like be a full time mom and do everything yeah. myself, I should really be working full time. I, yeah, I should exactly. really be like doing. I mean, it's I only deserve really... this if I'm suffering to the like right. utmost degree yes. as opposed to. Nope. All of this is hard. Yeah. My circumstances yeah. require additional help. Yes. And I'm going to get it. Thank you. Because you know what, guys? We don't fucking have to be drowning all the time. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, get a lifeguard up in here. How are you, Biz? I'm fine. <laughs> My children are just getting older. Yeah. And Katie Bell is really getting older older and uh, you know I just I love it and I also it also brings up a remarkable amount of old luggage mm. for me and that's not something I necessarily need to get into right now yeah. because I don't want to create even more anxiety I mean I already have my own anxiety I don't need right. to be like well this is what I'm thinking about all the time yeah <laughs> but <laughs> you're welcome but she walks into the kitchen yesterday and says, uh, when do you think you're going to, like, let me or be okay with me walking around the neighborhood by myself? Now, I need to say that we don't live, like, in a traditional neighborhood. Like, it's yeah. not like a cul-de-sac or, like, yeah. I mean, like, we, well, I mean, it's, look, it's a long street that we live on. Yeah. And at one end... It's like a major street, yeah. a lot of businesses, a lot of traffic. You know, I mean, it is, it's not like a neighborhood street. It's like yeah. a real business going down a hill, driving street. The other way, it's a normal street. I mean, you've got like a couple of layers of blocks of houses, right? And I, I do like pretty much, I mean, I, it's a nice street. I'm familiar with most of the people on it. And I said, mm, okay, do you think you're ready? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yes. And I said, where do you want to walk? <laughs> this was my question yeah. immediately. Where is it What's that the, you yeah. want to go? Yeah. And she said, I would like to just go up and down our street. It's a long street, guys. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. you know, it's a super long street. Um, and I said, okay, up to the greenhouse because then we actually have some businesses that kind of catty corner on our street mm -hmm. i said all right Stefan, are you okay with katie bell doing a walk on her own he says yeah sweet and i was like <laughs> okay i am too i would like you to stop at the house yeah. remember that's where so-and-so lives and they've got a child and you know blah blah yeah. blah that's where i'd like you to stop it's almost to the end of the street 
And she's like, I don't even really want to cross the street. I'm just going to come back on the same street. I said, okay. And then I proceeded to do all the insane things that I, because I am who I am Mm -hmm. and I am my mother's daughter. If somebody drives up with puppies, what do you do? Don't Mm -hmm. see the puppies. Exactly. Do not go look at puppies, Katie Bell. Like, just reminded her, because we don't live in a neighborhood like I grew up in where you really interacted with your neighbors all the time. But we have enough that I'm like, don't forget. Remember, they've got kids at that house. They've got kids at that house. We know them from Halloween, blah, blah, blah. And then I let her go. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled myself away from the window because at some point I can't see her. And it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And she came home. Mm -hmm. Uh, no tattoos or piercings she just came home like herself I said how was it she said it was great I said okay and then you know passed out the point of the story is I think it actually really does tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about today okay which is instinct versus excuse Mm. and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that for our topic Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, instinct versus excuse. I want to kind of set this up with what the I was talking about with Katie Bell. My instinct as her mother is to never let her out of my sight. <laughs> okay? Yeah. It's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust the rest of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my instinct is keep her safe at all costs yeah. and, and never let her do anything, yeah. like develop into an actual person. Yeah. But then my thought is, is that an excuse for not wanting to run the risk of my child getting hurt? Yeah. Okay. Right. Like, is it is it a good instinct? Is it a it good instinct? It might be your instinct, but like... Is that... Am I using is that, that like a, in yeah. a bad way? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of... And because maybe it's just because of her age and where she is at yeah. 10. Yeah. And it's just like a lot of new things are coming. I yeah. find myself in this dilemma yeah. a great deal. And so I want to... I, I, don't, I don't know if we should just start with like basically instinct in general or just let this all interweave itself. What do you think? Or do you I just mean, have... A, I have something to share right off Okay, the then let's do because that. Because I think... This is just hitting me right this second. Okay. But, like, I actually think the question is instinct or fear. Because, for example, I'm going to give you an example. There is this billboard that somebody put up in my neighborhood (laughs) right near my house, like, about three weeks ago. Yeah. And I see it every day, and it makes me totally insane. And the other day I was in the car with Jesse and we talked about how insane it makes both of us. And it's basically a baby. Mm. It's like a drawing of a baby drinking out of a bottle that has like the prescription label on it. Like the idea of like a prescription. And then it says on the billboard, your doctor says your baby needs this medicine. But what are your instincts telling you? <gasps> Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so I know. And so 
We're like, is this like an anti-vaxxer thing? Yeah, what but is why this? would they buy a billboard? We're like, is it Scientologists? Maybe we're trying because you know there's a lot of figure out there's a lot of Scientology in Southern yeah. California and like very anti-medicine, anti like whatever. But yeah. point being, yeah. We're both like I'm so upset about this billboard because it just preys on people's fears. Yes. People who like maybe you don't whatever your level of education, when you have a new baby, it's fucking scary. The and time. there's lots of things that you go to the doctor for that you don't necessarily understand that your doctor says your baby might need. And the idea that we should all trust our instincts is a really good one. But when is it your instinct versus when is it just your fear because it's natural to have fear as a human? Mm. And like and like making decisions based on fear is not always a wise thing. So like sure, maybe it maybe you're scared to give medicine to your baby. Right. But maybe your baby needs this medicine <laughs> for their health or to survive right. or to prevent spread of disease or whatever. And so maybe you just you just say, I know my instincts, yeah, fear, are telling me this feels bad, right? But I know better. I know that this is going. This is the. Yeah. This I'm going to take the risk and do this thing because I know better than my instincts in this situation. Like I, the billboard really should just be, in my opinion, all billboards uh-huh. should be ask. Questions, get opinions, uh-huh. understand critical out, yeah. thinking. Seek out evidence-based information. Well, right. And so... Uh, I know. Yeah, I, no, and I, I know that's like an agree. I just like, I was excited to have a chance yeah. to talk about this billboard that's been so upsetting <laughs> to me for weeks. But like, that's that's one example. But like, I think what's so interesting about the Katie Bell thing, and we had a similar thing in our family with uh, Grace and Oscar wanting to walk um, less far, but still yeah. to a part of the road that we can see. And what I think, I, I really think it's like almost like how I've heard therapists and stuff teach kids about like upstairs brain and downstairs brain um. or something where it's kind of like there's a part of our brain that is like really based in just like the fight or flight mm. fear, like no, I'm not going to, no, 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 right. no, 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 Like self-preservation at all costs. This is giving me a bad feeling. Listen to your uh-oh feeling. Listen all to your instincts. That. Listen to your instincts. <laughs> and then there's this other part of your brain that's like, when you're calm, when everything is safe, when you feel safe, mm-hmm. what information like, can you use to make a reasonable decision mm. that is like based on reason yeah based on reason and logic and information you know what I mean right. like when you're calm when your emotions are calm so it's like when I walked into the house and I found out that like Jesse was doing this thing with the kids where they got to like walk up the thing there's a part of me that's just like oh my god like punch in the stomach yeah. you know like I hate this I hate 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 this <laughs> yes but then I calm down and I start thinking about this book I read a long time ago called Blessing of a Skin Knee. I don't think we've oh, ever had her on the show. We've never had her on. But it's but a great book. Yeah, it's a really great this. book. Yeah. And like there's a lot of things in this book about kind of like making these reason reason decisions just based on yes, you want your kids to be safe. If your neighborhood is not a neighborhood where people go out on the street. Right. Maybe that's not a good 
thing to like send your six year old out right. and let them be the first one to to Come try on, that everybody. out. Let's yeah. all go for a walk. Yeah, like yeah. you want to find out what's the norm where yeah. you live. Like right. what are people doing where you live? Like making these kind of decisions, and then like what is teaching your kid to walk down to the end of the block and walk back getting to do for them as far as like independence and like you said critical thinking and like just like a lot of other skills that that's building for them and so like then then I'm like yes that is what I want so I'm I'm gonna like not listen to my instinct Mm. you know what I mean yeah no I know and that's what I did I mean I was like I'm not gonna listen to my instinct this time this is such a tricky area yeah as I was listening to you because I think I'm going to do some generalizations. Okay. Enjoy. Great. I think women are often taught to not listen to their instincts. So true. And I think so that true. men are. Uh-huh. Go with your gut. Yeah. He went with his gut, you know, like, ah, yeah, I mean, it's like all, yeah. you know, the movies are like, yeah. like, I love Star Trek, the original Star Trek with Captain Kirk. There was a lot of gut action being taken place <laughs> that put a lot of people's lives in danger all the time. But everybody's like, you're the best. Yeah. Women can't possibly be a captain no. of anything. Because, because of periods. Periods. Don't trust your instincts. You're having your period. <laughs> Anywho, and I definitely want my kids to trust their instincts when they have them. Yeah. That involves them going out and being put in situations in which they have to listen Uh to their instincts. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, there are times when we have to not listen to our instincts. Right. And I think it's a I think it's like a really tricky place because I do think there are some instincts that are very natural that we always go, I know my instinct is that they're tired. Yeah. They're hungry. Yeah. You know, or my instinct is that, you know, for several years my child never, you know, goes to bed at a certain time. And if I take them out somewhere yeah. at that time it's and not let not them sleep. Well. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not gonna go well. Yeah. Or like with classes. Yeah, like with my classes. instinct is joining the basketball team yeah. is gonna be too much for my kid right now. Like yeah. they're not ready. Well, yeah. My instinct yeah. is no, we're yeah. not gonna sign up for a bunch of extracurricular stuff because you will get bored and stop. Mm-hmm. Now, see, but that's where yeah. it borders to it me does. less fear, yeah. more excuse. Mm, like yeah. nothing's gonna bad's gonna happen at yeah. you know, tennis. Yeah. Right? But like I don't wanna fuck <laughs> Or just, like, or just like, how bad is it going to be? Bad? Like, yeah. if, it's, if it just means like, oh, I have to like talk to the coach and like work Drive out a plan and, and like encourage my kid to do what it and they I don't want to do with like, my yeah. other child while that one's yeah. doing it. Yeah. See, now that I think is more of the like excuse. To go back to my point about the fact that I think we are trained not to listen to our instinct and that goes so strangely along with the fear-based culture that we live in in this country. We live in a culture that is scaring you from billboards to the news to, you know, magazine. I mean, everywhere you go, it's somebody's out to get you. To think that there's been so much. They're just not safe anywhere. They're not safe safe anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. 
And that leads me back yeah. to the, well, I let Katie Bell go walk down the street. And so much of it is not about her and the fact that she is 100% capable. Yeah. She wasn't capable a year ago. Right. I wouldn't have let her do it a year ago. Right. But she has shown me things yeah. that make me think she's ready for this. It's all about me. And my, I, I need to start trusting the instinct that says she actually has this. Yeah. Right? Like, not all my instincts should be fear-based. Right. Some of my instincts should be, can she handle this? Right. You know? I, and I, I think those are also valid instincts, but I don't think we treat them this, to the same degree as the world is out to get us. Right? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. And I also think that... When we're setting our kids out in the world, like, obviously, where she's at and and what she can handle is a big part of, like, what you're, imag- what you're thinking about right. in your head when you're making that decision. But it's also, like, we know that there's some risk involved yes. in every single thing that we do Correct. all the time. And so the question is, <laughs> is the risk, like, so big, so great? Right. That it makes sense never letting my kid walk down the street. Right. And you like, you know what I mean? Like, we're kind of like doing that in our minds. Like, I guess there's a chance something could go horribly wrong. Right. But it's also our lives will also go horribly wrong for sure if we can't ever go anywhere. Right. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, no, I there's a little of that, like letting go. Yeah. Which is what I think the whole thing about instinct and excuses and all of that is about. And I think, obviously, it all depends on where you live, who your kids are. Yeah. You know. And all the situations are different. All the situations are 100% different. Me letting my kid out does not mean you should go let your kid out. I like that I'm saying that as if they're all shut away. They're caged up. They're caged up. Yeah, don't let him out. Curtis has started <laughs> referring to his crib as a cage, oh. by the way. He's like, it's a cage. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yep. And you're all locked up for the night. Good night. <laughs> but, like, I, I really, because I feel like a pre-kid moment would easily be for me to be like, let your fucking child go out of the house. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. And suddenly having kids in your house, I so think, different. ramps up yeah. that fear. And it's not just the fear-based society that we live in where they're feeding us this fear all the time. It's also the I'm going to be judged by the neighbors if mm-hmm. they see my child by herself walking down the street or uh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get arrested for letting my kid walk to the library. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. Those that's... are all real. Those are actually on top of what I thought you were going to say, yeah. which is just when you have a kid, that's a new feeling yeah. of physical, like, fear and need to be close to that person to keep all them the... safe yeah. all the time, which is something I think we don't nece- we We can imagine maybe before we have our own kids or maybe some of us have felt that way about, like, pets or yeah. siblings or whatever. But, like, imagining, like, oh, I'm going to let my kid do stuff becomes really different once you know that kid and they are your kid and you're 
yeah. feeling. I mean, it's a. I feel like it's a real physical. I do too. Thing and and you have to like. This is the impossibleness of it. That is not allowing yourself to walk through the world at that heightened worst case. Right. Yeah. And occasionally I do go there mm-hmm. and I get so like physically and mentally overwhelmed uh-huh. by that uh-huh. that I, I I don't think I could live that way. Like I, I have to go to therapy. I have to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. I have to say these are my experiences. Yeah. And when I see my children, all I can think about is it happening to them. Mm. Right. And like I can't live there. No, yeah. I mean that that's I, just like it, debilitating anxiety. It's, it's debilitating I mean, anxiety. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think we can't not acknowledge that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like no one is saying at you, you shouldn't trust your instinct and right. let you're right. Like, yeah. I think that it's I think that you're right that listening to our instincts is like it's a gift to have our mm-hmm. instincts. And I think that it's also OK to be like a little interested in what where our instinct Instinctual feelings are telling us and why we're having those feelings. And sometimes we can't do that in the moment. We just have to act, obviously. But, like, I think later it's worth thinking it through. Like, I'm just thinking about thinking back to when Gracie was a new baby. And I couldn't physically imagine leaving her with anyone ever. Yeah. Not even for, like, an hour. Like, there was a time where Jesse's stepmom, like, took her out of the house for a little walk outside for seriously, like, they were maybe gone for 10 minutes and I lost my mind. Like, yeah. I went looking for them. And this is, like, a woman who, like, yeah. a, a mother. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean you know, yeah. like, I, it was yes. completely fine. I physically couldn't be apart from my baby. Right. And looking back on that, I'm like, oh, I was having really severe anxiety. Yeah. Like, really severe anxiety. At the time, I was just like, this is just what it is. Like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't <laughs> able to make yeah. that you know, connection. I just needed to physically be with my baby mm-hmm. at all times. And I think that is fine that I was doing that. But I also think possibly I could have benefited from getting some help at that time with managing yeah. that because it is really hard to live in that place at all, like all the time around the clock. Yeah. Well, I think I think that actually is kind of a reasonable place to wrap up and say we've been talking about our instincts towards our children but are we listening to the instincts for ourselves Mm. are we listening when our instinct says this might not be right yeah Uh, or yeah maybe you are drowning or you do need help maybe i'm not okay yeah maybe i'm not okay yeah and we dismiss that little voice yeah all the time all the time I can't hear that voice. I'm too worried <laughs> about aliens taking my children because I read that damn book, right? Like it's maybe maybe that's also a voice we should be trusting even more and giving the same weight because uh, it might help clarify all our instincts that come later. Ha! Weird. <laughs> I don't trust any of it.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Michelin Tires. Honk, honk. <laughs> Parents, we've all been there. You're driving down the road. Your kids are napping in the back seat. You're thinking about what to make for dinner. When suddenly, another car swerves in front of you. Jackass! You slam on your brakes, and for a split second, you're terrified whether you'll stop in time. You want tires that perform well with every stop, and that's where Michelin comes in. When worn Michelin Premier all-season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. So next time, when you're looking for new tires for the family car... Consider Michelin Premier all-season tires. Michelin, performance every time. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa. Genius fail time. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So, I've been eyeing the car line (laughs) drop-off since the beginning of... school year and you know Oscar's in kindergarten I didn't want to push it but I can tell that like he could like we walk in and we talk about it I'm like see the kids doing the thing and like when we walk to his classroom he leads the way he knows where to like put his stuff away and all that and so I did mention a couple times like you could you could do this and then the other day it was last week we're driving to school and he asked if he could do it and I said yes and he was like great and he was excited and it took a couple mornings to get smooth, yeah. but he's now doing it. And what's so oh genius about this is not only that, like, I don't have to get Curtis out of the car and the stroller and wa- you know, find parking and walk all the way in and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But also, this saves me so much time oh, yeah. that now I get Curtis to preschool in time for their car line drop-off, which they have at his preschool until 8.30. So dropping off Oscar with car line drop-off makes me on time by, I get him, I get Curtis to preschool by like 8.20. Whoa. And he does, I just pull through the thing and they take him out of the car with his lunchbox and his water and they, I sign, they hand me the clipboard, I sign him in. And I'm not kidding not having to walk two kids in in the morning, yeah. I, that was like 45 minutes yeah. that I now have back to my life. Oh, wow. I know. The time. The time. From not it's having to go to so two, much time. It's so It's like an impactful on your brain time. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Living the car line dream. <laughs> I went on a date night with my husband. Oh. We really haven't done that in... I cannot remember Mm. the last date night. Okay. And plus, we went with some friends, our very good friends. And so we just got to have really a nice, fun time out. Good. As people. So good. It was. Good job. It was good. Hi, I'm calling with a genius. I am walking home from the grocery store right now. 
and carrying a bunch of like two different kinds of milk and like the huge box of Cheerios with like avocados and bananas and all this stuff. And um, I also bought myself some oatmeal raisin cookies because I'm always saying that I'm not going to eat sugar. And then we have this like dark chocolate peppermint bark. I mean, pretzel bark. I would like peppermint. Pretzel bark that my kid eats with her like treats all the time, and I'm the one who's in charge of hiding it because I don't like chocolate. And if my husband finds it, he'll eat all of it. So he tells me to hide it, and if she sees it, she'll start whining. So I have to hide it, and then I end up eating it because I don't like chocolate, but I do like sugar, and it's so often found in our house in chocolate form. And the cookies that I don't eat for myself ends up just being this chocolate that I don't want anyways. So I just bought myself some oatmeal raisin cookies. And I'm going to eat one when I get home, and then put the rest in the freezer, and I'm not going to eat any chocolate pretzel bark or chocolate anything. Um, thanks. You're doing a great job. Okay. Bye. I love this so much. There's another genius. Besides getting yourself a treat that you will actually like and you will eat, I really like that. But I also like that you found the ultimate hiding place for the chocolate yeah. from your family. Yeah. You want this? Ch- I just like the idea that this woman is in a house where, like, her husband's like, you got to hide it. Yeah. And, like, her kids, she know I've done that, the hiding, because yeah. the kids yeah. see it. It'll just be a yeah. whole thing. So I know oh, I'm just going to eat it. I'm not going yeah. to. All gone. All gone. All gone. Yep. Like, I just imagine mothers and fathers everywhere where, like, kids are, I want this. I want that, and then just like shoveling it in their mouth right in front of them. Oh God! Now nobody gets the donut, right? Like, anyway, I just, I just love this call. Me too, because she just sounds like where my brain is all I the know. time. You mean like overthinking? Over strangest Why is this a concern? You it is. Figure this out somehow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You are doing a great job. Yeah, you are. Love it. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. Well, so I mentioned the car line thing in my mm-hmm. genius, and I also mentioned that it took a couple days to get the hang of it. So on <laughs> one of those days, we were running late, and he ended up having to go to the office and get a late slip to walk into oh, kindergarten yeah. with. And I asked him about it later because I was a little concerned, like, oh, how was that? Was that, like, kind of, like, upsetting yeah. or hard or anything? And he's like, no, Mommy, it was really fun. And I was like, oh. And he's like, can I get a late slip again tomorrow? And I was like, no. No, no it's not good to have a late slip. They that they want you to be on time. And he's like, it's like a ticket to get into class. Uh-oh. He was, like, way into being late. Great. I know. Great. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yeah, I don't know. I went to the grocery store to pick up some things on a weekday. That's nice. Uh-huh. The next day, I was getting ready to take everybody to school, and I picked up my purse, and I thought, this feels light. Mm. And I look in it, and my wallet is not there. And I'm like, where did I take my wallet out? And then I can't remember what I did the day before. Like, I was getting the Monday and the Tuesday different errands I'd done very confused and then I was like oh I did go to the store because now there's this fruit in the house 
that wasn't there Monday. <laughs> so I must have gone to this store. Did I wow. leave this? I call the store, and they have the wallet. Wow. So I go to get the wallet, and I'm thinking I left it on the like the counter yeah. when I was checking out. Yeah. The guy was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. You left this yesterday. As if yeah. I'm so surprised that I wasn't right, right back. I'm like, I, I'm not spending 24 hours a day. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, he goes, yeah, the woman who brought it back in was so nice. And I said, brought it in? I had left it, like, in the grocery cart. Oh, wow. I don't even know how I would have done that. Yeah. I mean, that's like not. maybe it fell off your car? No? Maybe it... Would you have set it on the roof of no, your car? I usually no. put everything in my gigantic yeah. bag. Maybe it just fell. Yeah, maybe I'm just losing my mind. That's terrible. It I'm was. so sorry. I'm, Very disorient. Like it it's, was. That's a double fail because yeah. it's the well, losing, I, leaving your wallet, but then also like not being able to figure out how it happened so you can avoid it in the future. It's is the like, only thing I did that day that involved my wallet. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, whatever. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a fail. I want to preface this by saying that I did everything in my power to make it a genius. <laughs> I'm a lawyer, and I knew that this morning I would have to be in court extra early at a courthouse further away than normal, so I knew that the getting my baby and toddler out the door to preschool was going to have to be planned with the precision of an expedition to the South Pole. It's also picture day. So I laid out all of their outfits last night. I put their sheets in the car. The baby needed diapers and wipes for the second time in a row because I forgot yesterday. Uh, I put those in my car. Today is swimming. Swimming means in the evening means that we usually have a crock pot dinner, but we wouldn't have time this morning. So I made a pasta salad last night. Wow. I wake up this morning with my alarm. At 5.15, I didn't hit snooze, I didn't roll over, I got up, I got showered, I pumped, I had a breakfast that I only got to eat half of because my toddler wanted it, and when you're in a rush, it's not really time to talk about being a self. Everything was going great. I had my baby's homemade baby food with the apples and the mangoes and the blackberries, and I'm sitting there, all dressed for court feeding my baby his delicious, healthy, homemade baby food with blackberries that is now dark purple, and he kicks the bowl. And the bowl falls, and I catch it with my knee all over my pants. I had planned for everything, but I had not planned for that. So I had to go upstairs and change and remove blackberry and... One bad mother, I have to admit, I fed my baby off some of the puree that landed on my knee because that was a lot of work, and he was very hungry. So despite my best efforts, like Icarus, I flew too close to the sun, and I failed. I'm doing a horrible job. <laughs> Somebody's got the bar too high. Okay, look. You actually are doing a remarkable job. You've got a lot of things done. Uh, I am like I am a person like that. 
I like to try and make sure I've got everything planned, especially on the, she's like, yeah, it's like going out for an expedition, right? You've got to like, not just what you need walking out the door, but what you need at three, what you need at five, what you need when you get home. Like sometimes, especially when you're working, you got to get that all laid out. And then you get covered in blackberry sauce. And that makes it feel like, all the other work you've done is garbage. And it, it doesn't. The Blackberries did not negate all the amazing work. It was just like everything in life, one of those special moments that shows you nothing will ever go right. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Mathnasium. Surprise! Your kids are back in school, and there's going to be math. (laughs) I was very smug at the end of last year because Katie Bell had been enjoying the math. I decided to try Mathnasium over the summer. We walked through the doors. She took their assessment. Surprise! She had forgotten everything. (laughs) I was like, what? What do you mean you don't? Really? You don't remember how to do that? Mathnasium's expert instructors make learning about math fun with customized learning plans and face-to-face instruction. And they can also help with homework. So start this school year off right. Schedule an assessment with Mathnasium today. It's risk-free. We have a special URL and phone number just for our listeners. So go to mathnasium.com OBM or call 855-354-MATH. That's mathnasium.com OBM or call 855-354-MATH. Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. This week, we are talking to Carla Nomberg, Ph.D., who is a writer, speaker, and clinical social worker. She is the author of three parenting books, the best-selling How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids, Ready, Set, Breathe, Practicing Mindfulness with Your Children for Fewer Meltdowns and a More Peaceful Family, and Parenting in the Present Moment, How to Stay Focused on What Really Matters. Carla has appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Huffington Post, CNN, and Mindful Magazine, among other places. She has also been on One Bad Mother previously on episode 181. We are so happy to have you back, Carla. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. I okay. I before we get in to all the things that I want to ask you, I'm gonna just start off with what we always ask, just in case it's changed. Who lives in your house? It's my husband and me and our two daughters who are nine years old and almost eleven. And God help me if I call that kid ten years old because she's almost eleven. I know. Yeah. Um, and two crazy cats. Okay, nine and eleven. That's something. <laughs> yeah, that's like tween years. I've got yeah. a kid who stands in front of the mirror Ugh. and practices rolling her eyes. Yeah, there you go. That's it. That that's is pretty amazing. Good. That's yeah, pretty perfect. advanced stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. some classic. I 
would make me lose my shit, which ties in nicely. So here we go. <laughs> what I like so much about having you back is that when you were here last, we talked about mindfulness. You, sp- <laughs> you spoke about how to be mindful, using meditation, how to keep it together. And I really appreciate that your new book cuts directly to the chase and just flat out acknowledges that we're all losing our shit all the time. It's like, fuck it. We are losing our shit. How did you find yourself in this new, even more direct place with this book? You know, I really have to pay homage to all of the authors who came before me and had the bravery and the tenacity to use profanity in their books. <laughs> yes. And then their books went on the New York Times bestseller list, and people, if you go out and buy mine, maybe mine will too. Yeah. But if you look on the New York Times bestseller list for advice, how-to miscellaneous, there's all these books with <laughs> curse words in the title. Wow. And when I saw that, I was like, well, shit, I can yes. do that. <laughs> and literally like two days later, the title of this book came to me. Interestingly enough, when I was not with my children, my husband uh. and I had left them with their grandparents for my birthday weekend. We were off hiking, just the adults, and all of a sudden I was like, I know my next book. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. isn't that weird that when we actually yeah. have uh, some space yeah. to think and use our brain, those little things rattle around in there and pop out? Oh, Amazing. you had you had ideas because there weren't kids there needing <laughs> things from you. That's oh. right. I could actually think about something other than why have you not freaking tied your shoelaces yet, yeah. child? Okay. I think this is actually... Really interesting, this idea of the why people are responding to books that swear versus the not swearing books. And I do <laughs> wonder if it's because, I mean, look, I I think, and I'm sure you have come across this given your writings, but like self-care and mindfulness are phrases that as of right now, we hear a lot. I mean, these are what oh, yeah. once was kind of a new way of talking about it, now it's it's everywhere. And for some people, not not me, I have a friend, when they hear these things like be more mindful, you know, be more present, and where's your self-care, yeah. it, it makes them, my friend, more anxious. And I'm wondering if if that's why when somebody just lays it flat out like, stop losing your shit, how can we stop doing this? If that is more relatable than if it feels more forgiving than us feeling like we have to take on a yet another responsibility to get through it. I guess I want to have you remind us how you understand self-care. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm with you on everything you said. And my first two books had a very different tone. There was no profanity. You know, it was, it was, they were written in the style of more traditional parenting books because I thought that was how we had to write. But for anybody who spends time with me, that's not how I talk, right? (laughs) That's not how I am in my daily life. I'm like, "Mm, hand me a Diet Coke. I'm going to go watch NCIS and yell at my kids. And I was, you know, but I was like trying really hard not to, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal, my, my attempts to not lose my shit with my kids are what led me to mindfulness. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like the, some of the practices in this book, they're actually based on mindfulness, but I try not to use the M word because I realize for some people, they kind of have a reaction to mindfulness like I feel about kale. Like yeah. every time I eat kale, I get this terrible taste in my mouth. So <laughs> it's I just, the kale. It's the kale. Yeah, I don't, like, do it. don't talk to me about kale. Don't talk to me about vegetables. Stop. Okay, so 
here's how I talk about self-care in the book, because I realize that's a phrase that leaves a lot of us feeling kind of twitchy and pissed off, is... I call it shit you have to do if you don't want to lose your shit with your kids. Yeah. 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 So, like, mm, yeah. I'm not saying you should train for a marathon or go to a salon and get a pedicure every week unless those activities legit work for you. Yeah. I'm just saying there are certain things that, sadly, the truth is now that we're adults, we have to just sort of suck it up and acknowledge that there are some things we have to do if we want to be functional human beings who aren't exploding every time our kids walk in the room. And, mm. you know, this isn't rocket science. It's not like I came up with anything that nobody's ever thought of before. <laughs> I'm talking about getting some sleep and moving your body and, yeah. like, spending time with people who are supportive and don't make you feel like shit about yourself and your parenting. Isn't that, and, isn't that a good one? Yeah. That's yeah. a good that's one. A really I don't think, one. Wade, because yep. when you, I'm, now I'm derailing us, but that's such a good one because... We are surrounded in social media oh. with people making us feel like shit, whether they're doing it intentionally or not. But, you know, we talk on the show all the time about the idea that, like, there's all this pressure when it comes to making the right choices for our specific family. And it can feel like other people are doing it at you or that other people's choices are at you or saying that you're right. I mean, like, it's wow. What? could have been a really cool supportive <laughs> tool in our lives i think you know it's easy to find ourselves in those positions where oh, yeah. people are making us feel bad and yeah that i think that goes you're right hand in hand with the overtired you know over hungry over everything absolutely and look we all have days, you know, right now as I'm recording this, my two kids are downstairs staring at their iPads because we're all home having a sick day. We all have these days where we are tired, we're sick, we're stressed about work, like that's never going to end. So we just have to, the difference is we have to recognize those days when we're triggered, when our buttons are light up, when they're super sensitive and pushable. And, you know, we acknowledge it and then we make some changes. You know, there were things that I was like, I'm, there's a bunch of shit I'm just not going to get done today. The podcast, I will get that done. I will put my kids in front of their screen. Right. But all these other things, I'm not going to get it done. And, you know, so that's, you know, those are some triggers, being exhausted, being sick, having kids home when they're supposed to be at school. But you mentioned social media, which is a huge trigger for many of us because we see advice that, we feel like we should follow, but it doesn't really work for our family or it's not possible because we don't have a full-time nanny or a parenting right. partner or whatever. Or for me, you know, we all have our trigger pictures. For me, for some reason, whenever I see a picture of a smiling mother at the end of a marathon and she's all sweaty and happy with, <laughs> a like, metal around her neck and she's got her arms around her two kids, yeah, I just fall apart. Like, I am so triggered. Yeah. I am terrible. Everything in my life is awful. Everybody in the world is basically a Gwyneth Paltrow mother except yep. me. Like, that's where my brain goes. They're all having fish delivered to their house. Right. Thank God for fish delivery. You I don't? Know. Don't we all do that right now? <laughs> you don't? And, and so I, but I can't tell you how many conversations yeah. I have with moms, either my friends or the clients I work with, where I'm like, why can't you unfriend this person? Why can't you unfollow them? Like, yeah. they won't notice. Especially yeah. if it's like some mega celebrity who... And yet for so many people, it is hard to let go of that. For some reason, it feels like this conversation we need to be in. And I'm like, no, no. If every time you show up for the conversation, you end up feeling like shit, just don't go there anymore. Please do not. So we're, you were talking about triggers. And yeah. for me, it's the Pottery Barn catalog. <laughs> just like, why does my house look like this? Wait, you don't have a white couch? I don't understand. I know. I don't understand. Everything's not perfect. 
So we are talking about triggers now. How do we get through them? I mean, because if if we're if we allow ourselves to be constantly triggered, or if we accidentally walk into one, that happens a lot. Oops, I just yep. walked into that. How dare you deliver mail to my house? But even sometimes when I mean know that yeah. something is going to be triggering, but it's just something we have to have do. to do. Like, yeah. I have how do we, to how do we that, fix that? Yeah, like, how do we yeah. get our brains at, right? Like, I don't want to go to that school meeting. Yeah, it's going to oh, trigger yeah. me yeah. like a crazy person. Yeah. But I have to because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So yeah, how do yeah how do we yeah. do that? Huh? How do we <laughs> fix that? So that is, you guys pretty much just nailed like the best definition of adulting I've ever heard. <laughs> to do all this stuff, but we don't want to do it. Um, That's right. Look, just to be very clear, when I use the word trigger in the context of this book, yes. I, I define it. I get super clinical and all psychologizing on you guys. I define a trigger as anything that makes it more likely that you're going to lose your shit with your kids. Right. Yep. That, right. I think that is Sounds fair good. because there yeah. are lots of other triggers out there yeah. in the world. Yeah. And so I hope I, that wasn't, you know, yeah. too fancy pants for you. So, <laughs> and a lot of people out there might be like, oh, well, easy, biggest trigger, number one trigger, my actual children. Right. right? <laughs> if I do not have them, I would not be losing Damn. my shit. <laughs> She's okay. reading my diary. Makes sense, but not super helpful because the right. kids are still around. So unless you're legit prepared to send them off to boarding school, <laughs> we need a different way to think about this. So in the book, what I say is that triggers are these things that happen in our life, and it could be exhaustion or chronic pain or, you know, how are we going to pay the rent this month or some snarky comment from another mom that it's like, did she mean that? Did she not? What the yeah. hell? Um Social media can be a huge trigger. So these triggers make our buttons all big and bright and red and sensitive, super pushable. <laughs> yes. And whenever a kid is around and sees a button, they're going to push the crap out of it. It's just what they do. Oh, my God. I love Right? You. So I want you guys to think about your kids as little button pushers. <laughs> and our job is to take care of ourselves so our buttons get smaller and dimmer and harder to push. So we can stay calm. When they're like, hey, it's 10 o'clock and my science project's due tomorrow. I <laughs> didn't tell you before, <laughs> right? We're not going to lose it. Uh, how do I make my button smaller? <laughs> That's right. So you guys asked this amazing question. What do we do when we know we have to go to a trigger situation? We're going to end up in one. Well, first of all, just avoid them when you can, right? Yeah. Which a lot of us don't do, especially women. I will be honest. This yep. is a boundary issue, and we women are not as good at saying no. So... You know, you don't have to say yes just because you can, right? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to. Right. Um, but when you are going to a situation that you know you're going to be triggered, can you, like, acknowledge that and then prepare for it? So I'll give you an example. Once a summer at my kids' summer camp, they have, like, this parent festival family night, and it's hell, right? It's, like, all hot. <laughs> And the kids are, like, nagging you for money to buy the stupid tickets so they can do dumb activities. <laughs> and, like, I don't know any other parents because my husband had, couldn't come because he had right? to go to, like, work so he could earn money to pay the mortgage. So you could buy and, tickets. Like, I'm tired after a long day. I don't want to deal with yeah. this. The food is disgusting. It's all over. Whatever. So I was like, okay, here's the deal, girls. We can go. But I'm, I'm checking out. Like, I'm going to show up, get, give you your tickets, get you your dinner, and then I'm going to sit in the corner and read a book. Like, I'm going to be antisocial mom. I'm not walking around watching you throw, like, water balloons at each other or whatever. Right. I don't want to socialize with parents I don't know. I have my book. I'm going to – and they were like, okay, because what do they care? They want to go off and do the dumb activities. So at first I felt like kind of a loser. I won't lie. I was like, oh, my gosh, all these other parents, no people, they're chatty, chatty. But I was like, whatever, I'm out. So I found a little place in the corner, and I pull out my murder mystery, and I sit down. And you know what happened? 
Like 10 minutes later, this other mother shows up and sits down next to me with her book. Yes. No, don't get me wrong. She was legitimately reading like the history of Shakespeare and I'm reading like a murder mystery. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like we are not the same planet, but you are still my people. So sit on down, honey bun. Um, And so like where in those situations can you find little ways to take care of yourself? Right. And I like, it's not like I had a super great time at this thing, but my kids had fun. I felt good for taking them. And at the end of the event, I wasn't all triggered and pissed off. So our topic before uh-huh. before this today yes. was we called it instinct or excuse, but we t- we ended up talking a lot about fear and anxiety around oh, our kids, yes. and I think this is such a big one for many of us that we don't necessarily always make the connection that it's triggering us to lose our shit on our kids, mm. but we're running on this like basically like moderate level yeah. of anxiety all the time just because of our culture or just the way we're wired or because we're new parents. Right. And we have fears about our kids and our like big job in life is keeping them safe. And I'm interested to hear you talk about how we can sometimes cope with those like I think very natural sometimes fear uh, fears and anxious feelings that we're having I'm just gonna tag this on as well okay. I hope you've got a pen and you're writing things down no, uh, I do. it, it's the fact that when you sat down and you let the kids go do their own thing I mean age has everything to do with everything in terms of mm. what your kids can do what they can't do I mean you know but that said and, and you would you address that, uh, but I there's not just the fear element we sometimes have, but there is this like I'm like we currently are also living in a time when I am supposed to be out and talking with all the parents, and I should be following them around and Instagramming the yeah. entire thing, and I should be you know this means I'm an involved parent because I am yeah there, or if something does, does go happen, wrong, it's because I'm not the involved ah, parent who's right. like hovering, you know. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, look, <laughs> you guys hit the nail on the head. You are 100% correct in everything you are saying. And I would say that anxiety is one of the biggest triggers that any parent, and especially mothers, but all the parents out there deal with. We are 100% parenting in an age of anxiety. We are anxious because we're hearing the, you know, we are constantly getting the news. Yeah. News updates 24-7. Like when I see people and their phones flash with like the latest headlines, I'm like, dude, unless you're the freaking president, like, yeah. or somebody who actually needs well, to know the news, and well, it's not like he pays attention, but whatever. I was say. <laughs> um, turn it off. Like, you don't need the news headlines, right? right? Unless it is literally your job to respond to that. Turn it off. The constant um, advice, and I know this is a bit rich coming from someone who's written parenting books, but the <laughs> endless stream of advice and research, like, oh, feed your kids peanut butter. Don't feed them peanut butter. Feed them this kind of peanut butter, but only before age one. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do about the peanut butter? I don't know. And then somehow, if my kid gets a peanut allergy, it's my freaking fault for reading the wrong yeah, study. Yeah. The, like, what? That's crazy making. Yep. And then we're also supposed to be preparing our children for an unknown future. Like, my husband is a tech entrepreneur guy, and so he's working you know, in companies that rely on things like mobile technology and apps and artificial intelligence, these did not exist when we were kids. And his whole career is based on it. So now we're supposed to prepare our kids for careers that literally don't exist yet? Yeah. That's crazy, right? So we parents have good reason to be anxious. So if you are an anxious parent, first of all, know you're not alone. Second of all, know there's nothing wrong with you. It's not your fault. There, I, don't, I would argue it's not possible to 
parent in today's society and not be anxious. Having said that, what are we going to do about it? Because anxiety is a huge trigger, and many parents don't realize that irritability is actually a symptom of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So if you are losing it a lot with your kids, that irritability may be due to your anxiety. So um, do we just jab pens in our ears and our eyes? No, 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 no. I have better than that for you, I promise, because like a book where I'm like, just jab a pen in your eye, not yeah. a great seller. I tried uh, it, did not that's work. That's why I'm you not... say that for like 100 pages. I know, so. yeah, I you really got to yeah. spread that one out. In the book, I discuss the whopping case of postpartum anxiety I had <laughs> that I had for like so many years that I think at some point it clinically is no longer postpartum anxiety because it's like, oh, it's the baby weight, but I have my baby 10 years ago. (laughs) You know, it was like that kind of anxiety. So what were some of the things I had to do? Well, first of all, I had to get my sleep under control because when you are sleep deprived, Mm. that's like, you know, adding gas to the flame of anxiety. Anxiety flourishes when we are exhausted. So if you're not sleeping, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle with anxiety. The second one was I got my ass back into therapy, right? You know, I needed help. I couldn't solve this problem on my own. And I am a clinical social worker, right? And I still couldn't do this on my own. For a while, I was taking antidepressants. A low dose of an antidepressant that was prescribed for anxiety made a huge difference in helping me sort of get out of this cycle of terrifying thoughts. Because guess what? Every morning when I dropped my daughters off at kindergarten, preschool, I'd look out. And if it was a sunny day, I'd be like, today's the day somebody's going to come shoot up the school. Right. Right? How do you live like that? And so if you are a parent who's having those thoughts, let me remind you, again, it's not your fault. We are parenting in a crazy age. The other thing I did was I was like, I have to move my body every day. I w- I'm not, look, I'm not an athlete. I was never a huge exerciser. It's always been a struggle for me. And what I have found is that when I get out for a walk, when I get on the elliptical in the basement, when I roll out my yoga mat at the end of my bed and do a little video I find on YouTube and my cat's like walking around sticking her butt in my face while I'm right. trying to do this, Like, I'm not a fancy pants about any of this, but I have to move my body every day or my anxiety goes through the roof. The other thing I do is limit my social media and news intake, Mm -hmm. and I spend time with parents who don't increase my anxiety. (laughs) If I'm hanging out with other mothers who are talking about the latest study or how their kid's doing this and my kid's not doing that, and why haven't I signed my child up for, like, the after-school coding class because they have to know how to... I'm like, you know what? You're probably a lovely person, but we're not the right match right now in our lives. (laughs) You guys asked another important question here. You were like, you know, how do we... Or at least the question I heard was, how do we not make decisions from a place of anxiety? Right. I spend a lot of time getting reality checks. I know the people in my life who are less anxious about things than I am, and they are people who have parenting styles that I consider similar to mine. Look, there are many, many ways to be a good parent, but I've found a group of people that I'm like, we're all kind of in the same wavelength about how we parent, and I will call them up and say, am I being nuts? So this is my therapist, my husband, my good friends. Yeah. And I'll be like, and they, I know that they will say to me either, no, that's how I do it too. I think we're cool. In which case, hey, if we're being batshit crazy, at least we're being batshit crazy right. together. <laughs> like, that's not nothing. <laughs> and I also know that they'll say, Carla, you got to go chill. This is like too much. You're getting, you're getting all ratcheted up. You need to calm down because that's, that's banana pants. And when they say it, they say it in a way that I can hear it. Right. It's not at you. They're actually talking with you because you trust them. I mean, like, you know, Teresa and I, from the very beginning, when we first met, we didn't didn't parent the same way. And and we still don't, you know. But 
I can say something to her about a situation that I'm in or something that's stressful. And I know when she gives me her perspective, it's it's actually a, a really reasonable, good perspective. There's or at no, least it's like respectful it's respectful. where you're it, coming yeah, from. Yeah, it's respectful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, so I think you are right. Having, finding those people, even if it's just one other person. Oh, yeah. Is incredibly helpful. And I, you, you started to touch on something. And I think I, I want to wrap up on this because I think it's important for our listeners to know this about the book. A lot of books, and I think it's why when we hear things like mindfulness, meditation, or have you done this with something? And I'm not, look, I'm not You have not to mocking. say in that voice, actually. You're not allowed to not say those words. Because that I am constantly you know. on the hunt for those things. You know, like, put your shoulders down, Elizabeth. You can't clean your ears with your shoulders. Put them down. I think it feels like they're being written for one person. And I, I don't feel that, mm. like... We aren't one person. We are all walking around with very different experiences, very different things happening at any given moment. And your book acknowledges this. And I'd like to ask, I mean, besides just being a reasonable human being in the world and uh, being empathetic that that's the case, why why were you being so thoughtful in your book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, funny you should uh, yeah. um, Look, I, I, I'm so grateful for that question Thank you, I'm really touched You know, a, a reviewer actually described my book as incredibly inclusive And that was the, like, the best thing I, was, I, I burst into tears, I'm also a crier but, um, <laughs> That's look, the anxiety <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, Look, I, I have been on the receiving end of so many books that I'm like well, great, but if I could have done that, I would have done that. Like, right. okay. Yeah. Or there's, you know, as a social worker, having worked with so many different yeah. people in so many different communities and situations and parents, like this is both, this is the double-edged sword of my crazy brain is I can always think of the exception. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the country music song comes on and it's talking about these amazing people who were born in the world and it's all because two people fell in love. I don't know if you've heard that song. I, it's an oldie. Is that and, not every country song? Go ahead. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. And the, you know where my crazy brain went? It's like, really? What about the people who are born because of accidental pregnancy? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. my brain goes. Yeah. And this so I have this brain along. that's always thinking <laughs> about the person who's on the outside, the person who's not part of the main narrative, the right. person who doesn't have a parenting partner or is dealing with an addiction or doesn't have enough money to go out and buy a perfect desk. To, this is like every, you know, every fall that Good Morning America shows are like, you need to set up a little workspace for your student. And I'm like, <laughs> what about the families that are homeless right. or live in one room? Really? Where are they yeah. going to do that? And by the way, nobody but he uses those, they all work at the kitchen table anyway. That's right. Yeah. So, or on the floor or at the library. Right. Yeah, there's no, yeah, go ahead. So what I was really aiming for is to think about those parents. Like everybody says, you need to put your child in high, the best quality child care. And I'm like, well, what if the only child care is the only one that has openings that you can afford between your house and your job? Correct. Yeah. You know, that's reality for so many of us. So I tried as best I could in the book to write a book and to only make suggestions that I felt would be relevant and feasible to as many families as possible. And I'm sure I missed the mark. I'm sure there were examples. Like, I feel like every parenting book assumes that your child is neurotypical. Right. 
What if your kid isn't? You know, well, then you have to go out and buy the special book for the parents of, like, <laughs> kids who aren't neurotypical. No, stop it. Well, first of all, this book is for parents. It's not about your kids. But right. I try to acknowledge that, like, we're all in different family structures with different people and different styles and different cultural and religious beliefs and different financial incomes and different access to support and money and other adults. And so hopefully the strategies in here will feel mostly relevant most of the time to most families. It's a gift that you put that in the book. Carla, thank you so much, not only for the book and for your previous books, but this book is is really incredibly helpful. And again, for everybody who has not heard me say the title just casually as a way of expressing myself, (laughs) again, it's How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. Thank you for writing the book. And thank you for coming on and talking to us. And I just come on again. Not even for a book. Let's just keep talking about things because you're fun. (laughs) I would be delighted. I love talking to you guys. Thank you for having such an amazing podcast that that we parents really need. Well, as long as there are children in my life, I will find things to come in here and talk about when it comes to my identity as a self. (laughs) So... Thank you so much for joining us. We'll make sure we link everybody up to where they can get the book as well as all of your other information. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, too. All right. Have a good day. You, too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Courtney Enlow. I'm Brent Black, and we're the hosts of Trends Like These. Trends Like These is an internet news show where we take the stories trending on social media and go beyond the headlines. We'll give you the actual facts of the story and not just the knee-jerk reactions. Plus, we end every episode with a ray of hope that we call the Wi-Fi of the week. So join us every Friday on Maximum Fun. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Trends Like These. Real-life friends talking internet trends. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on Woo! yeah i love her yeah i love her I don't think we have yeah. to talk a lot about it. We could it, just have this conversation every week. Every. Just as a good reminder. Yeah. So many good reminders. There were involved. a lot of reminders yeah. in that, <laughs> that discussion. Oh, so good. Again, the book, How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. Mwah! Beautiful. 
What's also beautiful is listening to a mom have a breakdown. So, sit back. This is um, a breakdown, I guess. I am I'm just trying so hard to be a self, and I have a four-year-old and a 10-month-old, and I've been struggling, and I've been struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety, and I really want to get in shape, and I want to feel better. I'm, like, not in a healthy place, so I decided to start trying to be a self, and I made an appointment with a doctor. You know, I I need to see a doctor. And then they cancel my appointment on me before I go. And then, so I, whatever. It took me forever to reschedule and get the energy back up to reschedule. And I did, and I went, and it felt great. And we made a plan. I'm going to go talk to the therapist. And the therapist, when I called them, like, they didn't... They said they couldn't give me in for, like, two months. And I was like, well, I can start being healthy. I can start working out. And then I made, I bought some training sessions, some personal training sessions at the gym I'm a member at. And the first one I scheduled, we had a miscommunication, and the trainer didn't show up, so I didn't get to do it. So we emailed back and forth, and I got rescheduled, and I got here this morning, and the trainer is not here again. It's like, oh, and last week, my follow-up appointment from my doctor, they sent me an email saying they had to reschedule me. You know, I have to call them and reschedule that appointment. And I'm just, just like, why is everything so hard? Like, why can't I just, I'm trying and everything is happening to make it not happen. You know, I have to get child care for these things. I have to miss... <sighs> It's just so hard, and I just want to be yourself, and I want to do these things, but it's like the world's, which is ridiculous. The world is obviously not conspiring against me. These things happen, and it's fine. And then the trainer, you know, I'm at the gym. I'll go ahead and work out. So she comes, she gets there before I leave and was like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, and I and she's just, like, explaining what's going on, and, like, her kid has health stuff going on, and then I feel like a shit. I feel like a shit for being upset about my shit, because she's got stuff going on, and she's obviously, like, fit and keep man together, and why can't I keep it together, and why am I so upset over a stupid missed training session? <sighs> You guys are doing a great job. I really appreciate having your podcast to listen to. Thank you. Okay. First of all, you are doing a good job. Yeah, you are. You are. The I I'm just gonna jump right in. Go to the Do it. trainer. Yeah, to, I'll start with I'm the just trainer. gonna start yeah, with the I now feel bad for feeling bad about the trainer missing the appointment, and it's just a, a training session. Uh-huh. No, it's not. No. It's not. Mm-mm. It's your time. Yeah. There are two separate things happening here. Yeah. 
whatever is happening in the trainer's world, yes, okay, that is that is hard. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. this is what we are always talking about. Yeah. Everybody is walking through the world with something. Right. It is okay to be empathetic and respectful of those things. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, it does not mean that your things are no less real. Right. You have been working incredibly hard to try and give yourself some self-care. You've identified what you think might make you feel better. You have taken the steps to get that for you. It is hard when you have to line up the childcare, work with other people's schedules, get it set up. Yeah, yeah. Pre-kids, I would have been like, what the fuck? Pick up the phone, schedule it, right? Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, it's been easily... It could easily go a year without going to a doctor, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it just like, or like something fell through. I'm going to have to call and schedule that again. And it's weeks. It's weeks. Before I finally loop back around yeah. to do the thing that you know is important and yeah. you need to do it. Yeah. And so. It's a lot. Your time is also valuable. Yeah. And you've done all this work. So it's okay to be sad and disappointed and frustrated and angry yeah. that you didn't get this session that you really wanted. And that you worked really hard, hard to set. I mean, it sounded like there was, it didn't work the first time, also. Right. I mean, it's just, That's a you l- shouldn't be, ha- you are correct in your assessment that why is it so hard? It should not be this hard. No, it shouldn't. And, and you, it, go ahead. No, no, just the, that on top of, how difficult it's been to get the medical help and the therapy started. None of that should be so hard. And you're doing such a good job with it. It's so hard to make those appointments and remake those appointments. And it's so hard to do it when you're feeling bad. Yeah. And to continue to have to reset a boundary to the world that says, like, this is important. Yes. Like, this is... you. People are, with their actions, telling you over and over again that this is not that important. Right. And you're having to constantly reassert, actually, this is so important. This is kind of an emergency right now. Yeah. And that's so exhausting, having to do that over and over and over again. This goes right back to that instinct. Yeah. The instinct telling you that these are important things. Yeah. And people are telling you not to listen. Yeah. Right? And that, you know this is important. Yeah. And I, yeah, everything Teresa just said, I have nothing to add to that other than you are doing a remarkable job. And we see you. Yeah, we do. This is hard. And we see you. And you are doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. Teresa, What did we learn today? We learned that my instinct is right. I should never let my children ever out of their bubble. (laughs) Safe bubble. (laughs) Safe bubble. Hey, I'm just going to put this food through the slot. Nope. (laughs) You can't go out. Don't put your finger out and get chopped off. 
That's how Johnny Wilson's mother lost her fingers. <laughs> she stuck it out the way. These are like, I grew up with so many stories from my mother being like, don't, don't, do put, that, your, don't yeah. put your head out the bus window. Yeah. That's how so-and-so's so-and-so's mother lost her head. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right, right? I don't have anxiety. Yeah, so, it didn't affect you. It didn't I'm affect sure. me or my parenting. Yeah. Actually, what I what I really feel like the thing that I took away from today's conversation, maybe it all ties together, maybe it doesn't. It's something you said at the very beginning of the show and something our guest Carla said as well. And she was talking about needing the help. And, you know, I'm a social worker. Yeah. Uh, and yet I, I yeah. couldn't do it. I couldn't fix it on my own. I couldn't fix I it on my help. own. Yeah. You at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Getting the help. Yeah. Because... You actually, Teresa, I I know this might be hard to believe, uh-huh. but you cannot physically be in three different spaces at once. Yeah. You actually I'm starting to believe. You actually that. cannot. And as we just heard from our caller, fucking appointments. Once you get that shit scheduled, yeah. Yeah. That's not changing. No. So something else has got to step in. Right. This strange sensation that we are supposed to be able to do it all and that any action we take to get ourselves help, and this is with kids or with jobs or with just how we are walking through life, is incredibly detrimental. It, uh, that, if we ask, we either need to justify it. I'm not sure to who. I'm, I really am not sure who is like, can you believe they got a sitter? Can you believe they have a night nanny? Can you believe that they went to therapy? They're a therapist. Get over it. Right? Like, you had children. What do you mean you can't actually? You're not enjoying yourself. Right? Like, like I mean, as dumb as like, I got a lot of pair of jeans that don't fit, but I really wanted them to. You know what I mean? Like, should yeah. I suffer in those jeans? Yeah. No. Does that make it better? Does that make it better? No. No. And so whatever that is, how we have gotten here as a group, and what I, I really liked about talking with our guest was just this idea that it's normal we're feeling this way. Because of everything that's happening around us. Yeah. Because of the world we are currently living in. Yeah. And our instincts are good. I think when we shut off a lot of that noise that's causing our anxiety and fear, we have a time to, it gives us a chance to ask those questions of, is this instinct spot on? I'm glad I'm having an instinct. Good job, instinct. Thank you for showing up. However, is this the right thing for the situation. Yes. Right? Yes. Allowing ourselves to have the time to question. I mean, we need to be walking through the world with so much critical thinking and so much eyes open. Why aren't we turning that on to ourselves? Right. Right? Is this based on something real? Yeah. Or, you know, and and, and to be kind to ourselves with that. And to be kind with ourselves for getting fucking help. Yeah. There's no village so, like, yeah. we need to fucking make it however it's, you make it. Yes. Whether it's only for a short period of time, if that's all you've got, 
if that's all you're able to do is just get help for the month, yeah, then just get fucking help for the month. Yeah. Right? Or figure out what kind of help you can get. Yes. Yes. And that's when we should be out asking each other the questions. That's when social media should be a helpful thing. Yeah. That's when the group should be like, here are some different ways that I, I did this, mm-hmm. you know, or have you thought about this or that? There are, you know, again, even if it's just going to the fucking library. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's so much. And I just think everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You are. You really, you really are. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a remarkable job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to load down Mama Blues. I got to load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. Load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. Got to load down Mama Blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.